0: Welcome, Cyclone fans, to another edition of the Wide Right, Maddie Light Podcast. We've got a bonus episode for you this week, uh, our second one of the week ahead of the college basketball season, which starts uh, this Friday. Iowa State's going to be traveling down to uh, Columbia, Missouri. Uh, so we're going to bring in a special guest here, uh, college basketball writer, uh, Reed Forgrave, to, to break down uh, Missouri a little bit, what he sees for them, Iowa State, maybe just some college basketball storylines. Uh, to get us ready to roll for Friday night. So, uh, Reed, I, I, I know you maybe cut date night a little short to, to be with us. So, so I thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those those are few and, and far between when when you have little ones, aren't they? Uh, we, we we got a five year old and a one year old, and
1: uh, Grandma came over tonight to babysit. But uh, I I may have cut. Date night short, but you know I didn't cut the beer short, so I was like three really nice beers. So, uh, so I, I, I'm very much ready for the Natty Light podcast. Needless to say, <laughs> they, they, they weren't they weren't Natty Lights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's these IPAs? What's your what's your beer choice? you going were, out. So I,
1: I, I'm an IPA dork,
0: right? Like, so they they had. Uh, we, we
1: moved up to Minneapolis a couple of years ago. so We went to this restaurant that's just like a like a neighborhood joint, and they had they have this the, the fantastic beer menu so i had, had three ipas uh, on tap and i had all three of them and there was a uh, two dudes sitting next to us um and I, I my wife and i are both she's a former journalist i'm i guess a current current journalist and we like to listen in on other people's conversations uh which is a weird habit but we i heard the word decora iowa and i and my ears perked up and i was like did you guys just say decor Iowa? And they're like, Yeah, we're heading there tomorrow. We we work in the solar industry. And I was like, You have to go to Toppling Goliath Brewery. They make the best beer in the entire world. So they didn't have any Toppling Goliath at this at, at this restaurant, but uh they have some pretty good IPAs nevertheless. I'm
0: an IPA fan myself. I, I uh untapped uh, I don't know if you if you log your beers on untapped uh ratings it's and going. Things like I probably that probably
1: but. I'm just not very techy. Um, yeah. what is your favorite what's your favorite IPA going right
0: now uh, I'm a big fan of the Lagunitas. Um, yeah the they've fresh, got a couple squeeze? couple different ones yeah you got to be careful with is, the uh, I think yeah fresh squeeze fresh fresh squeeze is good um, we've had uh, Joseph Hoyt on the, on the podcast he's he's out out from out west so that's one of one of the ones that he likes out there um but the the something something ale from oh, Lagunitas, yeah. um that one's that was delicious it's uh you got to be you got to be careful with that i i didn't know the uh the content of it uh the one <laughs> that you know i am I'm, I'm sitting there you know watching watching the kids outside or, or whatnot you know i put a couple of those away and next thing you know i'm i'm well on my way to to a pretty solid night but uh definitely I mean, that's a, that's definitely that's, that's like i fact. love i love
1: ipas but that's like the problem with them is like all of a sudden you're three beers in and you're like whoa what, what just happened uh if, if you ever I, I don't know if you can get this. oh 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 O'Reilly by any of the 108 Atlanta area O'Reilly Auto Parts stores where you'll find everyday low prices on the parts you need to keep your vehicle at its best. Our guaranteed low prices ensure you're always getting our best deal. In fact, we'll match any auto parts store's price on any like item. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly
0: Auto Parts.
1: These in Iowa or not, but like. Surly makes a beer called Todd the Axeman that is, it's ridiculous. It's like 16 bucks for a four pack. So it's like really stupid, but it is such a nice beer. Um, that, that, that is my like current, like go-to when I'm going to drink a great beer. That's the one I go to. Um, but, uh, I'm a huge Toppling Goliath fan. I think they make, I think they make amazing beer. pseudo Sue is one of my favorite beers of all time.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Well, read uh, we know you cover cover college basketball, uh, a number with a number of other things. Um, so, at this point, before we kind of get into it, where where can we follow your work right now? Um, I know you're on Twitter and, and writing for some different outlets. So, uh, what do you got yeah. going on right now in Atlanta journalism? I
1: uh, I got hired this summer uh, writing college basketball and NBA stuff for CBS Sports um, which is Super exciting, like a website and a company that I've always respected. Obviously, is a big college basketball brand, uh, and I'm still freelancing in the magazine world, uh, doing occasional stuff for GQ, occasional stuff for New York Times Magazine, and uh, kind of like other stuff here and there. But CBS is is my main gig. CBS is the company that's ridiculously, perhaps, sending me to the Bahamas in a week and a half to cover the. Battle for Atlantis College Basketball Tournament, which is uh, try to get my wife to come, but she's like, we have to. I'm sorry, I, I feel guilty after to go to the family farm for Thanksgiving in in Northwest Iowa. And I was like, all right, have fun, baby. I'll be
0: in the Bahamas. But uh, yeah,
1: CBS is the main gig now, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Well,
0: I got a, I got a couple things there. That uh, first. First, that's that's one that I wish Iowa State would play in at some point. Um, they now they got Maui net coming up next year, which uh, you certainly can't complain about Maui. But and I I'm gonna try my darnest to to get out there. But uh, the Bahamas is, is certainly another one. I, I just like the concept of how they're they sit there and they play in like a it almost looks like they're playing in a hotel lobby or a ballroom. I, I think <laughs> yeah. that it is a ballroom. I like. It is but a ballroom. what they, it kind what of they, look they look like, In a weird way, tournament. it looks like
1: Madison Square Garden, too, because, like, the way they like that ballroom is really kind of cool-looking. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be at that one. And, like, Ma, Ma, Maui's awesome. I have not been to the Maui Invitational or the Maui Gym Maui Invitational, I think is what they call it now. But I think that is probably uh, – I'd probably rank that one over Atlantis most years. Um this year's a little weird cuz that whole PK80 thing in uh Portland is going on. The the field there is just ridiculous, like uh but uh, to to me like PK80 is the best this year and then Atlantis, but I think generally like Maui's pretty awesome. And by the way, it like it's
0: Maui, which is also awesome. Right. And and next year will be the first year um that it'll be eight Division One teams uh, in Maui. I know they're going to alternate between. Shamanad uh, is going to actually play on a mainland tournament next year. Uh, so when Iowa State goes out there, there will be no Shamanad in the in the 18 field, which is a little it's a little sad. Just having grown up watching the Maui Invitational every Thanksgiving break, you know, and you you see Shamanad yeah. play, especially on that first, and they they pulled off an upset or two. Um, but at the same point, it does it does make the field. Uh, a little more intriguing especially especially in the fact from the fact of Iowa State not knowing where they're going to be at uh, you really want if you're going to go out to Maui as, as a division one team you really want to try at least three division one games um, to yeah. have on your slate um, but you know a little little bit of nostalgia there with with Chaminade and it I'm glad they're going to have them play every other year at least yeah
1: I'm glad I'm glad they still exist in that world right but yeah, I'm with you. Like it, it uh, shamanov's good for nostalgia, but bad for RPI.
0: So, as a as a Missouri grad, um, and I, if I remember correctly, having you on last, you remember you, 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 you said wow. I, I did, I did. Um, how how do you balance? Right, so you cover you cover college basketball, and I, at one point, I had I actually. I toured University of Missouri. I was considering going into uh journalism at that point and uh I I was nervous about having to give up my fandom, you know, fandom of the Cubs and Iowa mm-hmm. State and and different things like that. So, having attended University of Missouri, now covering college basketball, uh do you ever do you ever find yourself conflicted covering covering the sport versus rooting for a team and and maybe you're not necessarily even a fan? of Missouri because you're, you're so far removed from it. But how do you handle that as a sports journalist? First of all, the, the worst thing about attending the University of Missouri, like, way too many
1: Cardinals fans there. And I went there during the uh, McGuire home run chase, and they were just insufferable, just like, just like terrible human beings. Um, sorry, Cardinals fans. But, uh, yeah, you know, like, honestly, it's been pretty easy because Missouri has been so completely and utterly irrelevant the past several years that it hasn't mattered. I – yeah, I root for Missouri, but like, I it, it, it is weird. I think most sports writers would say this, right? Like, you get into this business and you do lose a little bit of the uh, the magic, I guess. Um, a buddy of mine's a huge Cubs fan, and gosh, he was writing for the Kansas City Star it like seven or eight years ago, and he was at uh, spring training and had all these stories he was doing, and was at the Cubs spring training facility and he was like basically standing at the door of Cubs spring training facility. And I can't even remember where it is somewhere, the Arizona I think and decided he didn't want to go in because he wanted to hold that one part of sports to keep some magic to it. Because sometimes like sometimes you meet your heroes and they're really disappointing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the fandom is still there to Uh, some extent, but I certainly haven't had to worry about being a fan over the past several years. Like I, Kim Anderson, like I was excited about that hire because Frank Hayes always just seemed very dirty to me. And I don't know what he did. I know there's plenty of allegations against him. Uh, You know, some that have proven true, some that we've just heard that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't know what the actual truth is there, but he never struck me as like a Missouri guy, whereas Kim Anderson was a Missouri guy. And I was excited about that. It's like, oh, i got to clean up the program. It's like, you know, clean up the program sounds awesome uh, in theory, but when you're going like 8-23, well, and 23, um, it sounds a lot less awesome. So it's cool that Missouri is relevant again, and it's cool that we have the, uh, you know, number one recruit in the country, a guy that I – would pick as the number one draft pick in the 2007 or 2018 draft, if I had to pick one right now. I think Michael Porter Jr. is absolutely awesome and, like, just a perfect fit for today's NBA. Um, But really it's just, like, I hope they make the tournament. Uh, I hope they are relevant. I just hope they don't fall flat in their face like LSU when Ben Simmons played there or Washington when when Markel Fultz played there. Uh, Or, frankly, a couple of Conzo Martin's teams uh, at, at Cal when he had some really, really talented teams. But, you know, I think he coached the Jalen Brown, Ivan Rab team to the tournament, but they lost in the first round. Um, but I got to be honest, like w- with Mizzou, like make the tournament be relevant, keep it, like get the program started again, and I'm going to be absolutely thrilled.
0: The series when they – is certainly a lot different from when they scheduled this series. Uh, At that point, Kim Anderson was still at the helm. Uh, I think Iowa State thought – and I think Iowa State is is thrilled, I'm sure, that Missouri has returned to relevance a little bit um, to make this a game worth building their resume should they get a win and things like that. And even even a loss in this case would not be the end of the world uh, for a team like Iowa State. Uh, and certainly, like, the, the tables have turned. I, Iowa State this year, they're, you know, Lenardi has them as the first four out. There's just so many unknowns with this team. Their exhibition was pretty pretty awful on Sunday night. We don't really know yeah. what we're going to get. There is some talent there. Um, but I think if, if Iowa State fans can, can just be patient until next year, I think the cupboard will be fully stocked again. Um, with the group that they have coming back next year, Uh, some of the transfers they have sitting now along with the recruiting class they're bringing in. Um, But it will certainly be a test. You know, Ken Pomeroy talked about how uh, right now Iowa State, uh, in his uh, formula, is favored in that game Friday night. And someone, you know, said, how how can Missouri be listed as the 82nd best team in the country? And he basically said that Missouri – it was a loophole in his system that, of all the things that it accounts for, there was just so much turnover with the roster, with the coaching change, mm-hmm. uh, that there was no way to possibly account for it and that it'll correct itself um, going forward. But, uh, the, That's really interesting. It, just your thoughts right now, would you say this is going to be, if you had to choose, is this going to be more Ben Simmons LSU or is this going to be um, more of a, a tournament team that? Uh, can do some damage. Oh boy, I
1: hope it's a tournament team. Uh, I mean, that 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 the analogy that I make is to that Cal team that had Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb and Jabari. Like they had tons of talent, like tons of NBA players. Uh, but they had such a stagnant offense. Uh, I just hope that because Michael Porter, and by the way, like there's tons of talent around him. It's not just a. It's not like Markel Fultz last year where it was like. A one-player team like Michael Porter's brother, Jonte, is really, really talented. Jeremiah Tillman, uh, freshman, super, super talented. Like there's mm-hmm. talent around him. My my gut tells me Missouri's going to be good this year. Top six in the uh, SEC would be my off the head, off the top of the head guess. Like maybe flirts with the top twenty-five at points during the season. Like, if I had to guess right now, somewhere in, like, the seven to nine seed in the NCAA tournament would feels like where that team should be. Um, like Konzo's a guy that is – I like Konzo a ton, and I was thrilled at the hire. Um, but let's be honest, like, he's a guy who's known more as a recruiter than a coach. And <laughs> the thing with college basketball is, like, it's more important to be a recruiter than a coach, right? Like, you got to get the talent. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all the the current state of college basketball with the FBI deal uh, will upend that. But uh, I guess that's a very long way of saying I think Missouri is going to be good this year. I think they're going to be a team that has a lot of freshmen that play a lot of minutes, and as we've seen with John Calipari teams, and frankly with Mike Krzyzewski teams the past couple of years, like that's – it. those roads aren't always easy, um, but – Ultimately, I'd take the team with talent, and I think Missouri has a lot of talent. It's interesting to me, like, not to force a transition to Iowa State, but it's interesting to me that Lenardi would put Iowa State as a first four out. Like, that feels like a – I I don't know where your optimism or pessimism level is on Iowa State right now, but that feels really optimistic to me. Um, To me, I look at this year as sort of the – but this is Prome's third year, but I kind of look at look at this as almost the first year of the Steve Prohm regime because there were so many holdovers from the Hoiberg regime, and this is really the first year that's his team. Uh, so I I think this team is young, is probably gonna probably gonna struggle pretty mightily, especially in, in a Big 12 that Kansas I don't think is as good as they typically are, but I still think they're the class of the Big 12. But there aren't any. Bad teams in the Big 12. like Kansas is, I think, probably top 10-ish. Um, I'm not sure if i put them like a top three, top five team in the country. Uh, I think West Virginia is really good. Uh, I think there are some other interesting teams there, uh, TCU being like top of the list, which is so weird to say. But the Big 12 strikes me as a league that doesn't really have a any bottom dwellers, which I think bodes... Poorly for a team like Iowa State that's very young and, and is going to have to kind of learn its way. But I, I'm curious, what what is your optimism slash pessimism level on Iowa State this year?
0: I think there, there's certainly a chance of making the tournament. Uh, when when you think of Selection Sunday, those you know the the field has been expanded some of those teams that are on the bubble, quite frankly, are, are just average basketball teams. So uh, yeah, anymore, sure. it, and with the strength of the Big 12, that also, you know, can bump up in RPI. It gives you a lot of chances for big wins. Um, I wasn't very encouraged watching their exhibition uh, on Sunday, but they were also without uh, three players that I think are going to be pretty key contributors. One of them still is not, or actually two of them still aren't going to even play Friday night. Uh, Cameron Lard, uh, who they're expecting to kind of be play a Jameel McKay type of role, then Hans Brace, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, a taller outside threat. Both of those guys aren't gonna play um on Friday. So there's definitely gonna be some some growing pains. I just I don't know I think I think they're gonna be playing pretty solid basketball by the end of the year. I've been pretty impressed with Steve From as a coach. Uh yeah, and I agree. the fact that in the NCAA tournament and even the big 12 championship uh, games, they've been, mm. they seem to me they're playing their best ball at the end of the year, which is, which is what you ask of, of any coach. Um, he certainly has a different way of going around it than uh, Fred Hoiberg did. I think uh, he lays down the law a little bit more. I mean, that's why Cameron Lard's mm-hmm. not going to be suiting up. Uh, I, you know, I can't say as though I'd be disappointed if they, if they didn't make it, I don't think it's an expectation. But the way Steve Pro made it sound before the year, uh, he'd be foolish not to make it a goal, and it'd be a disservice to the kids to not make it a goal. I mean, that's your goal every year. Yep. So maybe I guess that's a, that's a long way of saying that. Um, I think they'll stay in, in the conversation for a while. Um, I don't think that you can really uh, expect it, especially given their non-conference schedule. You know, they've got Missouri – and Iowa and Tennessee. That's those are their really only chance for Power Five wins. So unless they do some real damage in the non-conference, they're going to have to, you know, go with ten and eight or eleven and seven in the Big Twelve. Which I'm not sure if if I see that happening. But like yeah. I said, you yeah, know, you got guys. But
1: like in in the state of Iowa, right? Like we know how the caucuses go. Like all the presidential candidates leading into the Iowa caucuses try to tamp down the expectations and then be able to say the day after, oh, look, we outperformed our low expectations. Like, I think that's kind of where Iowa State fans, the heads should be going into this season. Like, there's some nice talent on this team, but they're really young and they're very unproven. So if you're going into this tournament – I'm sorry, into this season – and, and you're like, I'm going to be pissed off if we don't make the NCAA tournament. I think that is – I think that's folly. Like, just like – like, same for Iowa fans a year ago. Like, if you were going into Iowa Hawkeye season last year, and you're like, we got Peter Jock and a bunch of freshmen, and we better make the and tournament, man. Like, that's stupid. You're setting yourself up for failure. I think you just want to see progress throughout the year. You want to see, frankly, like, Wendell Wigginton uh, show you that he is – who can become that sort of Steve Prohm point guard? Uh, perhaps a guy who is will be NBA bound, uh, you know, in a few years. Um, and I think if that's if that's what you see, if you see good signs from this team, I think that is that's how you define a successful season. Not by making the NCAA tournament, because uh, frankly, I there are. <coughs> excuse me, I'm overcoming a cold. Um, there's a lot of top 50 wins and top 100 wins available in the big 12. Like guessing every team in the big 12 is going to be a top 100 RPI team this year. Um, so there's the opportunity. I just, I, I just think it would be, it would be silly to think that uh, that this team is primed for that. If they, if they do make a tournament, I think that would be a huge success and props to Steve Prohm. I just, I would not, it's not something I plan on, you know, I, the
0: the way I look at it is, um, I don't think it's that we we necessarily we, we don't know. Like you said, there's a lot of unknowns. I would much rather go into a year um, tempering expectations with a lot of unknowns than going into the year with a lot of knowns. But those knowns are, are guys you know aren't capable of getting a team to an NCAA tournament. Um, it's there's at least there's at least some hope. You know there's there's a chance for, for lightning to strike and uh, Donovan and Jackson and, and Lindo Wigginton to, you've seen how guard play can, can go on runs. Um, yep. You know, similar to U Yukon's sure. run a long time ago when uh, they were possibly not even going to make the tournament. They go and they win the big East tournament. They go and they win the national title. Um, so they have guard play, which um, you can, you can always win with guards, but I'm, in a way, it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's kind of relaxing as a fan. Uh, it's weird to think of it that way, yeah. but as when Iowa State entered the year, um, I think George's senior year, they entered the year top ten, top five. Uh, you know, at one point they're playing UNI as the number four team in the nation or something it was almost it was almost like wins became uh relief more than they were exciting you know yeah. especially when you were playing a team that wasn't a kansas uh or an iowa or something where it wasn't as big of a game you know it was a non conference game they they're sweating it out and it it was fun but it, it was also it was very very nerve-wracking knowing that um you know a lot of people have expectations and If they don't win, you're you're not meeting the expectations of a lot of people. So, in a way, I think they're kind of playing with house money this year. Um, Some fans, well, you know, fans in general can can be crazy, and there's going to be fans that are upset um, when Iowa State loses some non-conference games this year and when they um, don't make the tournament. And there's going to be some that even go out to question whether or not uh, Prome is the right guy, and they'll say, you know, this is his system now, but You've really got to think about what's coming in next year too. With Shayok sitting out, uh, he'll be eligible next year. Jacobson from Nebraska, uh, and then you know top twenty-five recruiting class. He'll so he'll have the guns next year, uh, and at the, I think at that point it'll be time to start fairly assessing uh, what Steve yeah. will do um, at Iowa State. One hundred percent. Yeah, I completely completely agree with all that. Well, you, you mentioned the FBI. Um, case surrounding college basketball earlier. Uh, We certainly hope that Iowa State's not involved in that. Um, But just how big, you know, when the news broke, uh, and I don't know if it was hyperbole or or what, but on Twitter a lot of people were indicating Mm -hmm. that this was just the tip of of the iceberg, uh, that, you know, Patino... Patino was going down, and that wasn't going to be certainly going to be the end of it. We've, we've seen some other assistants um, that have kind of taken the fall. Right now, uh, Bruce Pearl's kind of refusing to participate in their investigation. In your in your sense, how big is this issue going to become, and uh, just how far down will will it trickle down? Will this actually change anything with college basketball recruiting? <sighs> Well, I mean, I think that last part is the big question. Like, to me, this should
1: be not just like a, hey, let's, you know, try to enforce the rules a little bit stronger, but let's try to, like, completely rethink the philosophy of college basketball. Like, uh, the, the FBI thing is kind of strange, right? Like, there's two different tacks that the FBI is taking. One is, like, these four assistant coaches, Chuck Person from Auburn, uh, all the guys that were named there were basically, like, essentially pimping out their players. And those guys, I'd just say, like, screw those guys. Like, like awful, terrible. T- taking money in order to set your players up, your college players up who trust you, guys who have your, you know, who've, who've gained the trust of. Set them up with shady agents and financial advisors and clothiers. Like, that's that's terrible. The, the other part of it, which is, especially shoe companies paying players to go to certain schools. Um, I tend to think, if you you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me get into some really stupid uh, Twitter arguments, which are always a bad thing the other day um, about this. But like, I, I don't fully believe in the amateurism model. Like I'm not sure if it's a good idea to have this, you know, billion dollar industry that's, based on very cheap student labor, uh, it, it does seem very unfair. So I would hope that the big picture of this is a, a sort of a rethinking of old-school amateurism for the modern day. Um, that also feels very naive of me, too, uh, to be hoping that something good like that would come out of this. Uh, look, I, like, on a very base level to be the story of the college basketball season. There's going to be, pardon the bad pun, but, like, we never know when the next shoe's going to drop this year. And, frankly, I think this will go into next year, probably the year after this. Um, This is, I mean, this is college basketball's worst nightmare. Um, These aren't just, I think I always used to say, what was the old quote from, I think it was from Jerry Tarkanian, maybe, like, the NCAA is so mad at Kentucky that they just gave, Cleveland State an extra year of probation. Like, this ain't Cleveland State here, you know. This is Miami and Arizona and Louisville. Like, these are nationally nationally relevant, top-ten caliber programs that are being called out here. So I, I think this will be a shadow, uh, a, a storm cloud over this entire season, especially for the big-time programs, um, for the programs that are, you know, I mean, I don't have to name them, but like the programs that are most relevant in the country and also the programs like, say, in Auburn that are, oh, all of a sudden this crappy basketball school is getting five-star recruits. Um, those are the programs that are worried right now. Um, and they should be because there's probably a bunch of shadiness that went into that. Um, but, uh, gosh, I, I, it sucks, right? Like, I want to be like, hey, Friday – Game start. Let's focus on basketball. But, like, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen all year. We're going to, this is going to be the background of all year. And, like, NCAA's worst nightmare is if one of these FBI indicted or accused schools ends up being in the Final Four in San Antonio in March and April. Like, that is an absolute, that's the disaster scenario for the NCAA.
0: I hadn't thought of it, you know, that far that far down the line, um March Madness and the Final Four. I think I think college basketball can, can get away especially in in November and December with it uh being a talking point of the league with so many other things going on with, you know, college football, college football playoff is a big discussion, NBA started um, there's, there's yeah, a lot no, of things, no, NFL no, playoffs, but college basketball this time of year, you know, other than like you and me and a few other people, like nobody's
1: paying attention, but like, you don't want these headlines, right? Like you'd rather nobody pay attention than people paying attention because coaches are getting fired and FBI is investigating and NCAA and is starting investigations. Like, you don't, you don't want that, you know?
0: Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the final four. So, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job here if I didn't ask you to uh, maybe give me who, who you're thinking could end up in the final four, Ooh, and a team that a team that you have your eye on that no one else maybe as we're reading final four predictions, um, everyone's making them. Maybe a team that we won't see very often named that you could see ended up down in San Antonio. So I I sent on
1: my final
0: four predictions to CBS editors uh, just
1: like a few days ago, and I I think they're running them later this week, probably probably tomorrow, uh, probably Friday. Um, But uh, the team that I'm picking to win it all is, I mean, it's not really a dark horse to pick like the number six team in the country, but I don't think too many people are picking Villanova to win it all. But I love Villanova this year. Uh, They have a guy that I think is going to be, Possibly the national player of the year. Certainly, uh, I, I think the best point guard in the country, and Jalen Brunson. They got a ton of talent uh, around him. They got some NBA talent, Omari Spellman, Michael Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo is a guy that people don't pay attention to, but he is awesome. Phil Booth played a key role on their national title team a couple of years ago and uh, was injured a lot last year. So, kind of fell off the radar. But I think Phil is really, really good. They're my pick to win it all. Um, Other teams in my Final Four, and this is off the top of my head because I can't find it in my email. Uh, I know I have Michigan State in there. (coughs) Excuse me, I apologize. Michigan State, uh, dude, Miles Bridges is a stud. We all know that. But, like, their disaster of a year last year with all these injuries uh, forced all these freshmen to play. So, you got a lot of sophomores coming back. You got some big time freshman talent. You got Miles Bridges that, you know, pretty much everyone's picked for national. The preseason national player of the year. Uh, That team, I think, is really, really good. Uh, Duke is also in my final four. I was in Durham last week. Watched practice. Watched an exhibition game. Uh, Marvin Bagley is the truth. He's amazing. I think they have four, maybe five, first-round picks on this team. Grayson Allen, like, we can all make fun of Grayson Allen, throw out tripping jokes if we want, Uh, and whatever, like, I guess he dug his own grave uh, on that thing. But, frankly, I felt bad for him last year. I know that puts me in the minority. Um, But I I see a college kid who, you know, made some really dumb mistakes, but they were, like, they weren't, like, mistakes that mattered that much. But he looked awesome in practice. Like, I think he's going to be the leader of that team, a really, really talented team. Uh, Point guard play is going to be really important for them uh Travon Duval is their freshman point guard. Uh they as much as we talked about Grayson's tripping stuff and the injuries last year and kind of the weird fit uh of all those really talented pieces. <laughs> Duke's biggest problem was was point guard play. And Travon Duval is a like he's a stud. He might be a lottery pick point guard. He's uh, I talked to him, he described himself to me as like a New York City point guard. So kind of flashy. Which isn't always uh, what you want when you're surrounded by the sort of talent that he is surrounded by. So it'll be really interesting to see how that uh, how that team plays out. It's my way of uh, uh, trying to call up my email, but I can't figure out my fourth team. I honestly don't even remember who it was. Um, not Kentucky. Um, it's not Arizona. I can't even remember who it was. Anyway, there's a fourth team. It's not Kansas. I think Kansas is going to be a weird team this year. Like, I think Kansas is going to be – they'll probably win the Big 12 because they're Kansas, and they win the Big 12. That's what they do. But, like, they're really – it's a really bizarre roster this year.
0: Let me ask you about uh, another team in the Midwest, Uh, Wichita State. They they switched conferences, which – Honestly, I I don't blame them, um, but I was kind of sad to see them uh, leave the conference with with Northern Iowa and and teams like that, like the Valley, will will struggle a little bit. They keep, you know, people people hype them up. They've been hyping them up. They they made a run early before they kind of became more of a household name, as much as a household name as Wichita State can be. Um, But now the expectations are a lot higher than they used to be. Is that a team that, you can see actually doing damage um, in the tournament. They, they've they've kind of got the short end of the stick on their draw, the last couple of years, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I don't know. You, there's conspiracy theorists out there, but uh, you know, the the committee has not done them any favors in terms of uh, being a one seed playing. I believe Kentucky as an eight in the, in the second round, and then uh, oh, the kind of the same job, same type of deal deal last year. So is there is there uh, much bite to go with the bark with uh, Wichita State. Yeah, uh, I I remember my last Final Four team,
1: by the way, and it was a Big 12 team. It was uh, West Virginia
0: um, because I like
1: Huggy Bear. Um, Yeah, I think Wichita State's awesome. I've been a Greg Marshall fan since uh, I went and spent a bunch of time with them actually like a few months before they made the Final Four, and I wrote this really big story about how Greg Marshall is like the class of the mid-majors and what they're doing down there. Uh, I love their program. I think they are – i know this is, I'm going to talk like start going like coach cliché style, but, like, they work harder than anybody out there. They're a bunch of dogs. Like, they get after it. I've been in their practices. I've never seen a more intense practice than a Greg Marshall practice. Uh, but also, here's the other thing. Like, they're recruiting big-time talent. Like, Landry Shamet, he's an NBA player. He's going to be really, really good uh, especially if he's healthy, which he is supposedly going to be Shaq Morris is an absolute stud. I think this team, it's weird thinking that a team can go into a, my colleague at CBS called, uh, said the American now, now that Wichita state is in it should be considered a quote, uh, major seven conference. So I think it's a really interesting point. Um, sorry, I did take a drink of water. Um, it's a really good conference, I and mean, Wichita State comes in being the class of that conference. I think they're awesome. <laughs> oh, God, I'm in dire. Sorry, I'm on the back end of a cold, to, man.
0: Well, you need to you need to chase down those coughs with another IPA, I think. So, well, exactly. we're going to wrap this up to to let you get back to whatever your IPAs or your your, your drink of water or whatever that is, and let you recover for <laughs> for Friday. But we. We appreciate you taking taking the time. Uh it's always always a fun good conversation with you, Reed.
1: Absolutely. N- next time n- next time we'll do this again before uh certainly before March, but uh I'll be drinking a uh an IPA instead of a water and I won't be coughing in your ear. I apologize for all that.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'll I'll do the same. I'll I'll find one that uh maybe you haven't had. To, I'll try and predict some that you haven't had and uh taste test on the air. So where where can our fans follow you on on Twitter? I want to I want to be able to let them link yeah. you out here if they want. Yeah,
1: sure. For, for better, or for worse, you can follow me at Reed Foregrave. It's Reid Foregrave. It's R E I D Forgrave. But uh, yeah, I partly hates Twitter these days. It's just uh, it's a toxic medium some days. But yeah, look me up there anyways. And like, by the way, I feel like we should make a bet. Like better posts season seed Missouri or Iowa State like I feel like we should make some sort of bet on that right
0: well now you got me you got me thinking um and I yeah I, I could, I'm totally could pull a fast spot too right I, I could pull a fast one on you um because you know technically if, if Missouri and gets in the tournament as a, as a nine seed and Iowa State gets the NIT as a two seed is that is that a higher seed no, 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 no.
1: They're, they're, they're like getting into the tournament. Yeah, you get into the tournament. It's like a different, it's a different uh, brand of seed, right? Like talking pioneer <laughs>
0: seed there, baby. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll put a we'll put a, an IPA on it. I'll I'll send you there Ohio you State at the end of the year. Uh, I'll send you I'll send you a growler or something. Uh, I'll find a I'll find a legal or a illegal way of sending you a growler if I state. Uh <laughs> somehow get you a four back of the axe There you go. All right. All, Bet that all, has all, been all
1: made. Enjoy it, brother. <laughs> all much, right.
0: man. That was Reed Forgra- Forgrave Foregrave from uh, CBS Sports, uh college basketball writer. Uh, appreciate him taking the time to come on. Uh as always, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and give us a review. Go cyclones.